Love Lives Here. Hi, I'm Holly Steele. And I'm Mary Stedman. We are the creators of Steele and Stedman Service Solutions. And together have a combined 70 year history as service professionals. Our belief is that talking about love should not simply be relegated to the domain of music and art. We agree with the late, great Tina Turner when she sings, what's love got to do with it? Well, everything. In this Service Love podcast, you will experience conversations with hospitality professionals, including world-class concierge, entrepreneurs, business owners, and corporate executives around the world on how they express service love. Thank you for joining us in leading a service love movement. There is no doubt what the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just too little of. Well, hello and welcome to the Service Love Podcast. I'm really excited today because I get to introduce someone that I really love. Like I love her so much and uh, we have been really, really, really close friends uh, since the 1970s, I would say, 78, 79, Diana? 77. 77. Yeah. 77. Right. So we've been friends for decades and we, and I am inspired by Diana and her ability to access her service love in a way that is inspiring for other people and how she's been noticed um, by executives for doing exactly that. And so when we first met, Diana was the very first person who helped me have a day off at the, at the Hyatt. It wasn't grand then. It was still called the Hyatt on Union Square. And Diana worked in a beauty salon called Heads First. And on her two days off, she gave me two days off. So Diana worked seven days a week for about six months until she finally decided it was okay to leave Head's first salon. She stayed at the Hyatt for 24 years and we worked together there for 17 years. And in the time that Diana was at the Grand Hyatt San Francisco, she became the president of Les Clay Door USA and also the president of the local association. So her contributions were enormous to the concierge world. And she was recruited by uh, the Four Seasons general manager. So after um, 24 years at the Grand Hyatt, uh, a kind of a famous guy named Stan Bromley at the um, Four Seasons, he was a Four Seasons executive, he thought, you know, that Diana Nelson, she's awesome. I'm going to see if she would be willing to run the residences at the Four Seasons. And so Diana left her career as a hotel concierge to uh, to manage the residences at the Four Seasons in San Francisco. Well, she took all of her concierge skills to manage this residence, and the people were completely blown away because they'd never seen this kind of service in real estate. Well, 
this really got the attention of the people who own the building, the Millennium Partners. And they said, you know, Diana, you'd probably be really great at real estate. How about you get a real estate license? And so she said, okay. And she got a real estate license. And then after a while there, they said, you know, maybe you'd like to get a broker's license. And so Diana got a broker's license. And when the Millennium Partners opened up a very, very signature building in San Francisco called the Millennium Tower, Diana was the broker on that building. And she stayed there for 13 years until she left them. That Well, the building was sold out. It was, you know, and Diana just kept getting awards and accolades. And she left to become an independent real estate broker. And she stayed doing that for seven years until the Millennium Partners convinced her, please come back to us. Please come back to us. We're opening up the most elegant building ever built in San Francisco. Uh, so it's a another four seasons in San Francisco that is owned by Millennium Partners. And, and uh, Diana uh, did that for two years. And this past few months, Diana has retired and moved east her very first time for an East Coast experience. And she's living in Connecticut, very close to her uh, beautiful son, Tim, and his wife, Jen, and their two um, children. So it's a whole new life. And we wanted to interview Diana very much because she has expressed service love through her entire career. And we want to talk to her about about doing that. So should I get the bio right, Diana? Got it right, Holly. <laughs> All, right. All right, wonderful. So let's start with a question of what's your definition of service love? You know, I, I've had this question posed to me from you all, and I wrote it out, and I just, every time I walk by it, I think, what is it? And I think that it's really hard for me to define because it is so kind of embedded in who I am. And I think that I go back to the fact that, you know, when I graduated from high school, I went, I wanted to be a nurse. And then, you know, I was a little bit challenged by a physics class when I was a freshman in college. And I thought, mm, maybe not. And then I decided I wanted to be a social worker. And then for my hotel experience, and then, of course, at the Four Seasons, I realized that this was like my kind of my calling all along, that I just feel like I want to, you know, it sounds a little cheesy, but I just really want to help people. And I want to be helpful. And it makes me feel really good inside. You know, I can barely walk around Union Square in San Francisco and see somebody, I mean, they used to have a map, now they're looking at a phone with directions without going up and offering to help them find their way to their destination. And I think that, you know, it goes back even further. My mother was a very selfless woman. She certainly didn't do anything like what I have been doing for my careers, but she always put other people first and she really, she taught that to me. You know, and it was something that I observed. And so as I have been thinking about this question for the last couple of days, I go back to my early life and it was first having a very selfless mother 
Then it was the experience of going to San Francisco State and realize, you know, going from a nursing major to a social welfare um, major and then going to work at, believe it or not, this place while I was in college was called GET, Government Employees Together. And it was the kernel of what is now Costco. And so my job, if you can imagine here, I'm like 19 years old, was to sit behind this glass facade and people would show their card, government employees together, and I would buzz them in and they would be able to go in and shop. And that was, that doesn't sound like very much of anything, but it was kind of the environment that I liked being in, where you were, you know, helpful to people on like maybe a small, a small scale. And then I became, I wound up, I was the assistant controller at this company two and a half years later. Then I, I met my husband, my first husband there. And so that's another complete story. But when I really realized that the concierge world was for me, was when I first started working to give Holly who two days off. And I have to say that I can remember exactly how joyful I felt sitting behind that desk, especially after they let me do this by myself, that I didn't have to, you know, be um, supervised, so to speak. And of course, you know, Holly was such an inspiration because she was the one who was, you know, we have this expression, we'll do anything that's legal and kind. And that was one of the most liberating things ever. People would come up and ask, do you do this? Do you do this? Can you help me with this? And I can remember thinking, okay, I think it's legal. I know it's kind. So yes, we can definitely do that. And, you know, in the concierge world, there are countless articles about really bizarre requests that the concierge have. And mine was this kind of convoluted story about finding ox gallstones for this Japanese guest. But the other day, like a couple of weeks ago, I was with my granddaughter, Fiona, and we were having this conversation. And I remembered how this woman walked up to me and asked if I could help her quit smoking. And Fiona looked at me and she said, well, why did she think to ask you? <laughs> I said, I don't know. I think I just have this kind of like neon sign that says, I'm helpful, ask me. And, you know, it was very gratifying. She wrote a letter to the president of Hyatt Hotels telling them, you know, how what an amazing experience that was. So that's kind of like feeds on like, you know, you do one thing and then you do another and you really feel the love going out and then also coming back. I love wow, that. Wow, incredible. That was great, Brenna. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So I feel that you knew you loved what you did when you served people. But yeah. was there a particular moment in time when you knew you loved what you did and how you did it? Was there a moment where you just went, aha, I'm in the right spot. I'm meant to do this. Well, I think it was, you know, when I was left alone behind that desk and realized, you know, because I... I don't think at that particular time I was quite as outgoing or eager to put myself out there. And, you know, I had this love for San Francisco. And so it was like, 
oh my God, I get to talk about this city that, you know, I'm second generation. You know, my son is was born here. He's third generation. And, you know, San Francisco is going through a rough time right now. But at the time, it was like, oh my gosh, people would walk up to the desk. And this is what I really loved about the, about the Hyatt and then the Grand Hyatt was you could have one moment, you could have a school teacher who had saved, you know, for two years so that they could come to San Francisco. And then the next would be a courtesy cardholder with Hyatt who would want to come up and like she wanted a limo to take her a block and a half to the Chanel store. So you got, you know, that diversity and the different challenges, but I absolutely loved that job. I loved that job. It's my favorite job I've ever done until I went to work for Millennium. And then it was like, whoa, I can't believe they're letting me do all this. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. You know, what, what I'm really hearing you say, Diana, is because what you do is very natural uh, after all the years of doing it. So when we sent you the podcast questions and the first question is, what's your definition? Then you wrote it all out. You put it up. You read mm -hmm. it. Over. You wanted to do a good job. You really wanted to answer it right. That's your you believe that preparation is something that's really important. I mean, mm -hmm. you understand that doing a good job is important to you personally and to be prepared for something. So I think that that's really interesting because when you speak and you're talking to us now, you're saying things that you probably don't even realize that you're saying that are expressing the way that you serve with love. So when you went to the Four Seasons first, uh, owned by the Millennium Partners, mm -hmm. how do you believe that you expressed service love in a whole new job? We know how you did it as a concierge, but how yeah. did you do it in this whole new world uh, where it's not that you're supposed to do anything as long as it's legal and kind? You're mm -hmm. right. It's it's much it's it's it, it has a different value system. So how did How'd you do that transition? How, how did you express service love and through all that? Well, I think that, you know, part of it was Stan Bromley, who was not really known for being the easiest person to work with. But he and I just have like a really wonderful connection. And I, I saw him a couple of weeks ago and at lunch. And I told him, I think that one of the things that made me realize that I could do that was how Stan kind of supported me in this whole thing. I mean, we would at least one day a week, we would walk the entire building. You know, it was a 40 story building. And we would walk the, below the garage just so we would understand where everything was. You know, a very odd thing for a general manager to really be like focusing on. And so, you know, Stan made me feel like I felt like I really needed to do a good job for him because he stuck his neck out for me. And then the second thing that was so lucky for me was the person that I was working for, um, Sean Jeffries, was um, the son of the founder of Millennium Partners. And he was he gave me just free reign. So it was kind of like the early days of the concierge. Well, do you do that? Well, it's legal. It's kind. Yeah, I think we do that. And, you know, to the point where they were so busy opening five different hotels around luxury hotels around the um, this the country 
that they were just happy to say, oh, Diana said she'll do it. I'll do it. And I also feel like I used to say, I, I don't know, we should even include this, that I did social welfare for the wealthy because, you know, that was my, my goal when I was in college. But I found, I found that the wealthy people, they still have the same problems that we do. You know, they just have a lot more money than we do. And I've made very good friends there. And I was um, honored to be, you know, part of that. And you're right, Holly. I mean, they couldn't quite believe all of the things that I was doing. I mean, I did everything from like, we'd have a party for like 150 people um, just promoting the building. The guy that was in charge of that for all the other hotels, he was trying to open them in Miami and New York. And I said, I can do that. And, you know, I was able to do it. So it was so exciting and so much fun. And I got so much um, satisfaction from doing that. I don't know if that's answering the question. But. No, I think it does. And I think that <clears throat> the fact that you lived in a yes universe, mm -hmm. it was never... <clears throat> Uh, that we don't do that. It was right. never. Uh, it's in your resident guide. It says yeah. that you know you're you're supposed to fix your own drain. You would never say that. No. You would be oh let me make sure that somebody gets to fix your drain. I'm so sorry that you're having an issue. I'm going to take care of this for you. That yeah. because you know how we talk about in our service solutions that it starts in the head and it goes to the heart and it just mm -hmm. goes to the gut. Where you are and where you came in your career from working at the origins of Costco to the most elegant buildings in wow. you know a major city in America, it became just natural. It's your gut. So it goes mm -hmm. from your, your heart to your gut. So you first learned it somewhere. Right. Maybe so you said you had a yeah. self but it's like and then it's like because you want to do a good job. And then it just became like, well sure, it's legal. Let's kind of yeah. do it. Yeah. So that's um and, you know, my husband, Terry, used to say, honey, you will go and 10 miles for a compliment. You know, it's like once somebody acknowledges what I've done, that's it. You don't have to pay me. You don't have to. You don't have to do anything other than tell me that you really appreciate and that you're happy with what I'm offering. So, yeah, that's so great. That's great. That's yeah. beautiful. And I yeah. also I think. You, you know, I, I was kind of I was definitely a pioneer in terms of, you know, being able to offer the kind of service that these people were expecting because, you know, it's the Four Seasons brand. You had to deliver on this. Um, and within the first two weeks of this job, we had a couple that lived up across the street from the Ritz-Carlton in San Francisco that were moving into the building. They were not happy with the sales team at all. They felt like people were dropping the ball. And so they sent me as a sacrificial lamb to go have tea with them at the Ritz-Carlton. And we sat down and I felt like I had just been like bludgeoned with all of the complaints that they had about it, everything. But, you know, I, I knew what we needed to do. And, you know, I sat there and I took it and I was able to really kind of, you know, rally the rest of the troops so that we were able to improve the performance. Great. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that's a beautiful person, Mary. That's great. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I really, I connect with you, Diane. I understand. <laughs> I feel yeah. you. And I think connection is such a key thing when delivering service love, right? It's that connection oh. you talked about. Even when people are difficult, it's like, well, what makes them tick? Or how can yeah. I connect them? Right. How can I serve them with more love? Or maybe they need more love because yeah. of this way. So I really feel that connection. And I would say the last few years, it's maybe been more difficult to connect, right, with yeah. people with the time we've had. And I know that's probably been a challenge for everyone. But what are other challenges that you feel right now is happening with not being able to maybe deliver service love? I think connection is definitely one, but are there other well, things? You, you know, you, you always have to really depend upon other people. And, you know, I've noticed, you know, since the pandemic that, you know, you, you're not getting the kind of service that you were getting before on, on a lot of levels. I mean, I, I was just in New York and I was at the um, St. Regis last week. Different story there. They're still on their game there. But that's, you know, because of Regina and, you know, all the Claydor people that are there. But, you know, just like on an everyday basis, when you walk into it, of course, it's very different for me now. I'm in a small town in, in um, Connecticut. I'm going back to San Francisco on Wednesday for a couple of weeks. So I'll be anxious to see what it feels like there. But I do feel um, like people aren't really on their game right now, you know. And I don't know whether it's because, um, I mean, it's obviously still residual from the, from the pandemic, but um, it feels like the service isn't crisp, you know, the people aren't like really believing what they believed prior. And I think, you know, part of it is like, there's been a lot of conversation about compensation and work conditions, et cetera, that maybe that's one of the reasons that people that you just don't really feel it as much hmm, interesting do you think that um the idea that mary and i are so passionate about about yeah. being loved into service and talking about service love in this way to help people to see how it benefits them and your career i think is a perfect example yeah. How expressing service love benefits you because mm -hmm. would you say that your life pretty much changed from it? Totally changed. Totally. I mean, the gratitude I have for for that part of my life is just immense. And you know, it's it's also long-term relationships, not just with, you know, the people that I worked with at Millennium, but you know, with some of the residents and you know, certainly the Four Seasons staffers. So, um, yeah, I was very fortunate, very, very fortunate. So, Diana, in order to serve with love, which you have been doing for all these decades, how do you take care of yourself? And, of course, because I know you so well, I know that you're committed to this particular aspect of life. So what do you do to love and care for yourself so that you are available to serve with love? Exercise, exercise, exercise. That's mainly what I do. Um, I meditate briefly, affirmations, but I think that um, exercise is the, the one thing that has completely changed my life. I mean, as you know, Holly, I was a smoker until I was 40 years old. And, um, 
you know, I quit smoking and the next thing I, you know, I'm running a marathon. So um, it, it really changed my life. And I do feel like it's psychically, it is it's something that you, you know, I do every morning when I get up because then the day I've already accomplished something in the day. So that's my answer. <laughs> You're like the inspirational women who are older than you, but yeah. they are um, like a Rita Marino or Jane Fonda. Yeah, well, they're not that much older than me. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, but still, it, but you've done what they've Rita. done. Yeah. Rita Marino's yeah. quite a bit. But the, the, yeah. you know, the idea that, you know, look at you and watch you and it's um you know it's almost like when a little when a child is um you know six years old but they look 10 and you have expectations of them that for a 10 year old and i think that people that for you it's like you know you you're the way you move the way you live your life the way you go you know you could be like 45 years old and so you know it's really kind of amazing and and i think that comes from from love and yeah. self-care and, and mm -hmm. how you've chosen to do it and and commitment and determination and all and those you, yeah and and gratitude and i do you know i practice gratitude every single day because you know there's there's been some sadness in my life obviously and um but i am so grateful for my friends my family my health you know so yeah, well, indeed. indeed. <laughs> no, I think that's so key and so beautiful. And Holly and I talk about this a lot in our training is the importance, um, especially in the hospitality industry, to make sure that we serve ourselves mm -hmm. in order other people right because our cup needs to be full before we can flow out and um i would say during the pandemic i myself personally kind of took a step back and went my goodness i'm not taking enough time for me and be consistent like you said with the moving and the working out and, and i started meditating and i write what i'm grateful for five things every morning when i wake up my journal and i think it's so important and it's women like you and people like you that i inspire to be you you and holly you know where i'm like i want to look like that i want to feel that way and I want to move that way right so you're a true inspiration so I say keep on moving it's it's beautiful and I think more people need to celebrate this and to see this and yeah I think it's it's absolutely incredible so you love yourself obviously right in order to yeah. to yeah to keep going and doing all the amazing things you are what do you think those kind of missing in the world where do you feel that there needs to be more service love and compassion what do you think's where do you wish there was more of it in the world? Well, obviously, politics would be one of them. That you know, if we could just tone it down a bit and not, you know, people attacking each other all the time. The other one, and maybe it's because I'm in the midst of setting up a new home, cable TV companies, the people that are on, if you could do something for those people, when you have to call, and be on hold for like 20 minutes and then the person that you get on the phone is either like not helpful confrontational just plain rude that that that's an industry that needs some some fixing <laughs> yeah but you know obviously politics is that's another podcast <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I think we've seen it in all over the world, but definitely I think the U.S. and uh, yeah. U.K. have really stood out where we both are, where we're all located. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. And, and, you know, it's the people having to be right, you know, that that they're so positive that it's their way or the highway um, is not not a really good um, path for our world to be taking, you know. I mean, people are all basically have the same needs and wants. When you think about it, um, everybody wants to have their family be safe and and happy. And that that's kind of a universal thing. Well, it is a universal um, belief. And if you just found that in common with somebody who, like, you totally disagree with their politics or their you know, belief system, et cetera. If you could just take that small thing and think, okay, well, I know they probably love their family as much as I love mine. That, that would be a good place to start. I think that's a brilliant skill. I think we need to use that in our training, Holly. I like that tool in the toolkit. <laughs> it's a great way to, yeah, especially yeah. when dealing with someone difficult or someone who has a different yeah. point of view. That's what makes up the world. We all are different. It's yeah, true. It's true. yeah, we go against it instead of celebrate it. Yeah, really like it. yeah, that is beautiful. When okay. you reflect, so reflecting on love as a foundation, mm -hmm. and that's the value, right? Love's the value. What is one thing your future self must have? Um, my family, my family. That's really what, and my family and my friends, because my friends, like you know, are part of my family. You know, I mean, Holly and I, she writes me every single day, you know this, but she writes me every single day since my husband died. And that's four years ago. <laughs> she was going to do it for a year, but she just can't help herself. And I am the beneficiary of that. So, um, you know, that's what's important. That's what's important. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I think now more than ever, you're right. It's how are we grateful for the friends and family that are around us, right? Yeah. And some people have large families and large group of friends and some are maybe smaller, but right. it's being grateful for what you have and being grateful exactly. to them. And you're right, is connecting with them. I think it's key as well. Yeah. And it's, you know, it sometimes can take work, but look, Holly writes to you every day, which is, I love it. I love how she writes to you every day. I think it's so beautiful. It's very inspirational. But yeah, we need inspirational. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know how she gets all the things done that she gets done. And quite frankly, it makes me feel like a slacker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but when you do it with love, right? It's, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It's okay. It's good. Yeah. Wow. I mean, my goodness, you've there's so much to unpack. I can't wait to listen to it back, to be honest, because there were so many little points that you shared and moments that um I yeah, I learned a lot today, actually. Well, well I'm gonna look forward to seeing you um when you're in Boston too. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. So. very excited for that. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna crash your party somehow because <laughs> you know, I just hop on a train here and two two hours I'm in Boston. So Oh, that's incredible. I'm really yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah, we're really excited. But before I let you go, uh -huh. we're going to do a little fire round questions. Okay. It's only five and no stress. It's I'm really going to ask you kind of, do you prefer, and I'm going to say one thing or the other. Okay. And just say whatever comes off the top of your head. 
Okay, <laughs> sounds good. I like this. Okay. <laughs> so do you prefer a plane or a train? A plane. I, I like both, but yeah, I, yeah. I feel I feel like when I'm in a plane, I can escape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. Train, right? Like the Orient Express. I don't know. Like, yeah, well, that's very true. That's true. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a tough one, plane or train. I think probably yeah. depends on where you're going, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it was just because it's faster to get there. Although I took my granddaughter to New York last Saturday and we took the train from here and it was really was easy and fun beautiful yeah yeah but it wasn't the orient express <laughs> Penn station express <laughs> so do you prefer walking or running walking i used to run but now i walk due to cranky knees yeah i hear you walk a lot <laughs> i do walk a lot yeah so that's another key about how she looks so great walking everyone walking <laughs> city or the country it's a tough one um country i'm gonna embrace where i am now oh i love that right here right now <laughs> oh, beautiful i'm gonna give you a sports question because i know you're a sports fan yes i am <laughs> The NBA or the NFL? NBA. Yeah. Steph Curry's in the NBA. He is. One of the most perfect human beings out there. Oh, I love that. He is. He's a really special human being. Yeah. And you know him because you... I do. Yeah. Well, I love that. Mm -hmm. I'm, yeah, well, I have a connection to him as well, too. So that's, yeah, his wife's Canadian. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I know someone who's his cousin. Yeah, who's a friend of mine. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, I agree. He is very, very underrated. I would say for everything that he does. Yeah, in sport not, in, not in the Bay Area. He's not underrated in the Bay Area. We love him. Yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I love it. San Francisco or LA? San Francisco. Still. Yeah. Your heart's in San Francisco. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I thought that would be the answer, but I thought, you know what, it's always good to yeah, ask. Yeah. <laughs> and since this is service love, how are you going to continue to serve with love? Well, it's interesting because I don't know if I'm really, really retired or if I, I mean, I've, I haven't even really said it out loud to very many people. Um, but I think I'm going to just continue doing what I'm doing to take care of myself so that I, you know, have several more good years ahead of me. And um, I am going to continue to love my friends and family to spend as much time with them as possible. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Incredible. So, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, it was beautiful. Thank you. A big thank you to all of you who listened to the end today, and especially to our guest, Diana Nelson, for sharing her wisdom on how she serves herself and others with love in everything she does. Have you ever loved your job so much that you did not consider it work? 
Up next in episode 10, Holly and I were so grateful to have a conversation with Amy Finsilver, the general manager of 15 Beacon Street Hotel in Boston. Amy shares with us her passion for hospitality and tips on how she serves love with every day and every circumstance. We would love to hear from you on how you celebrate the people who express their love and hospitality daily. Please drop us a line, join our Service Love Challenge by visiting our website at www.steelandsteadmanservicesolutions.com. And you can also follow us on Instagram at service underscore love and LinkedIn at Steel and Steadman Service Solutions. Together we can inspire, inform, and influence a movement to raise the frequency of love. Will you be a part of it? My name is Mary Steadman. This is the Service Love Podcast, and Holly and I look forward to you joining us on the next episode.